Welcome to the Salem Emerging Leaders Podcast, presented by the Salem Area Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Jacob Espinoza and Zachary Zalicki. This was one of my favorite podcasts. I appreciate you tuning in. We were so fortunate to have Sarah No, formerly from Chubby Panda, now change their name to Chubby Bauhaus because they actually got a cease and desist letter from a, a major food company. I'll let you, uh, let you guess who that was. But this is an experience that not a lot of business owners go through, something you might not think about as a potential possibility as you're getting your business started up. But we are so grateful to have Sarah on the podcast talking about what it was like opening up a restaurant in 2020, where we had closures, we had changes that were being made with mandates, we had the fires that happened, and then they got to cease and desist on top of it as well. So tune in, appreciate you checking out Salem Emerging Leaders Podcast. Enjoy your day. We are back. The Salem Emerging Leaders Podcast. Salem is here with some incredible food because of people like Sarah. No, Sarah, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sarah. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I, we talked about this in a previous podcast. I mean, the Salem restaurant scene has just absolutely taken off. And one of the cool, the, you know, kind of things that's developed is, is a Fork 40 food hall. And far and away, my favorite place in there is, is now Chubby Bauhaus. What's Chubby Panda? Yeah. Um, I mean, so good. So good. And you guys opened at such an, a unique time. I mean, the entire Fork 40 food hall in the middle of COVID. Yeah. So 2019, not 2019, 2020 was the year to, before everything just kind of became a mm. part of the news, it was the year to, all right, we're kicking off a new restaurant. A couple months later, nope, that's not going to happen. Or, yeah. Did you guys have Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Did you guys <laughs> need it? That's the story. Before, though? What's that? Did you guys have a food truck before? We were. We yeah. started out original. Yeah. Chubby Panda was the original name, and we started out as food trailer over at Beehive Station. Yeah, okay. South Commercial. Yeah. And we got a couple of months in with it, and then we got winter months, so cold, mm -hmm. winter weather. You you open up the window and get like a cold breeze in your face kind of winter. Um, so we got to go through those months with it, and then... It feels like it was planned, but we get a person come in, order a couple things off the menu. Next thing you know, we're getting contacted about the food hall. And it, it was like any other customer, any other customer that came up. And we went down to downtown Salem. We, Joe and I, also, by the way, the food part, I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> Joe is the food genius behind Chubby. Does that okay. help, though? Because if you guys were arguing about recipes, I feel like that would be tough <laughs> to start a kitchen. Maybe there's collaboration that can happen with that. Yeah. Sure, sure. I mean, the place where we're at, we have six individual uh, businesses and, and the bar as well. Yeah. So you're talking um, people that make great pizzas and burgers mm -hmm. and Puerto Rican cuisines and Syrian so you put all those people together with kitchens, you eat very good oh, yeah. every day. Every day. It's it happens. And you were so. saying it's like your second home, right? I mean probably yep. your first home more like it. But like 
having that home, but all this other incredible food <laughs> right around you, I would just be eating all day. It's, I feel like well, that's 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 the restaurant. Like if you if you go into the business of owning a restaurant, mm-hmm. you are pretty much like dedicating your life like that is going oh, yeah. to be your first or second home i come from a, my family owns a, a restaurant in town and sure that's how it is for my mom i mean it's you're committed to the game like even it, at home like oh, making yeah? a, any chicken and vegetables and rice kind of thing like yeah let me just give you a regular rice plate but it comes out so beautiful mm-hmm. like it feels like there's a little more like well, and you special. could probably test things i mean how many times have you guys has joe like made something at home and you're like this needs to go on the menu. Has it happened? All the time. Oh, yeah. See, that's awesome. Secret menu items. I'll tell you about those later. But Ooh. yeah. Give us one. Give us like one secret menu item okay. that you're but okay with later, public so people knowing. keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, we'll do them like every 10 minutes. So don't I got don't a lot out. of inside scoop because Chubby is on the up for menu items. We have a lot of cool stuff coming. Um, one breakfast item. <gasps> breakfast on the go. table. Don't okay. Do this to me. Chorizo and egg bow. Okay. It's the way to go. Game over. Game over. <laughs> Game over. That sounds so good. Delicious. No, but inside scoop, we have Sunday brunch coming. And Joe has been working on a menu. I have asked him to think outside of the box, to elevate it, to just go crazy with it. And we're having a good time with it. So. This is why people need to listen to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. You get the inside scoop. This is dope. You don't dope. know this stuff. I don't oh, know this. Gosh. Yeah, you don't. You're not in the know. <laughs> is it going to be a Fork 40? Like the, the rest? At Fork 40. So we're currently just open Monday through Saturday, 11 to 9. But our Sundays have been our flexible day. Because of COVID, because of the unpredictability, we've been able to take that day off. Mm-hmm. So... The original plan, and you'll see it up on the door too, is we're open Monday through Saturday, Sunday, shorter day, but it's a day that we're supposed to be open. So we've gone without Sundays for a while. We've been pushing it aside because it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Last year was the first year that we were able to stay consistently open without closing with having customers come in. So it felt like whatever normal was that year. Um. So this year, it feels like there's a little bit of weight off our shoulders, a tiny bit, mm-hmm. because there's still stuff going on in the background. Um, and like the interviews and shortages of stuff mm-hmm. and paying pricing, like meat prices, wing prices, things that take up part of our menu. It's been challenging the whole time. So, um, yeah, so Sundays are now an open day. So we've been thinking about Sundays for a while. And I told Joe, let's just go for it. Let's just open it up. Um, And the main objective is just to get people in, get people in the door. Sunday's an open day. We get the after church crowds. You get the the sports crowds. We'll have the bar open, hangover crowds. It's Mm -hmm. the place for it. You have the big space for it. I feel like the emerging leader audience is uh, (laughs) a... The, the two circles with the Venn diagram of the hangover crowd yeah, yeah. and yes. the emerging, there's a lot of overlap. There. Yeah, absolutely. I would say. All crowds are welcome. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. And so the uh, tell us the story of opening the first food truck because neither you and your husband came from the food industry. Oh. So you're kind of figuring it out, which I think is, it in, is insane. I also think that anybody that owns a restaurant is absolutely crazy mm-hmm. because there's nothing that I hear about it that's appealing to me. But people are different. I'm yeah. sure people look at my role and like, why is this guy doing this? That would be the worst job ever. You know, I we're still learning every day. Every day we learn something from somebody new or somebody that we know. But 
we both have just done our research. Joe, um, like I was mentioning to you, he was over at GameStop for over 10, 15 years. Just that, that was the corporate mentality. Myself being in office environment, still nine to five, very structured. And then when you take that out, it's literally like the rug is being pulled from you. So, but it's also an exciting time to learn something new. I think having the food on our side, um, being Joe's passion with food was just what really had the momentum to get us to where we are. Um, Joe had enough time to like research the food trailer part. We were looking for food trailers everywhere, but we had to be reasonable with price. So we thought outside of the box, fine, let's get it somewhere else. Um, then opening the food trailer, I'm like, okay, the permits, the food, um, the food cost, and do we weigh our food? Do we? What was the, the, the thing that you look back on and like, we didn't expect this thing to be so hard, but it actually was very complex and took a lot of time and effort to deal with? To be honest, it was probably our first slow day at the food trailer. Because as a person, personally, I'm a person that expects instant gratification for anything that I do. Yeah, all, everybody. So, yeah, yeah. All of us. Like, when you start on... It's like, I ate a salad this morning. Why am I not in great shape? The one that I go to <laughs> is... Push-ups. Yeah. Why, don't I, why, why don't I look like Jacob and yoked? <laughs> Where's my six-pack after going to the gym one day? Exactly. Hello? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you just got to go pick it up from yeah, the store. Yeah, so it, <laughs> it was just... I got mine on the way from Uber Eats. I ordered my six-pack. It's on the way. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, I yeah. The instant gratification was the hard part. So when you had a slow day, now we were comparing where we were at our food trailer. We were across Dalias, Taqueria. They're a machine. They're busting out orders like five orders for per minute, just handing them out. And it was a little intimidating for us. So we're just barely getting started and like um, people are coming in and, but for me, the way I looked at it was, okay, the more people that are coming in to see other people, they're going to get a chance to look at our menu and take like, oh, look, there's a new spot coming in. So it wasn't that we looked at people as competition. It was more like, okay, we're kind of all working together Absolutely. and they're going to come over here the next time and get our food. Well, and that's what we were talking about with downtown Salem. Like you have you have Ventis that came in, you know, and they kind of started the scene, right? Of like this new hip kind of thing downtown. And Dino's always looking to help new restaurants come in downtown, but for that same exact reason. Mm-hmm. Because like you have people that go to one place consistently and they're gonna start looking around like, Oh, I wanna go try, you know, you know, Chubby Chubby Bauhaus. I got sure. it, I got it down now. Yeah. It's really hard. Go. I like I like Chubby Panam. I no, tried. Chubby Bauhaus sounds good. I like, I like it. it. I like it, it. works. It works. C- CBH? Yeah. You can call it CBH. 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 So you we go CBH? with Chubby. Chubby just it yeah. kind of stuck yeah. because whenever we were the old name, it, Chubby was just short for it. So, yeah, Chubby. So, in the restaurant industry, I would imagine because I feel like all communities are like that. You have some people that are super supportive and they kind of like join communities together. But then also you have the outsiders that are kind of like, we're just in it for us competition over everything if somebody's sure. eating at this restaurant they're not eating at mine so they're the enemy do you see that like even in in food cart like spaces and just in the in the Salem community in general or has it been the opposite where it's been been more supportive I think we saw both perspectives of that while we were at the food hall when we were doing 2020 um, originally King's Kitchen was there before shout out to King 
uh, he's the one that really started showing us the community drive behind everything. And everything was initiated by him. And we used that location during the fires to do uh, free uh, food as a drop-off spot for people to come in and um, put things together um, during protests or anything that was going on. It kind of brought people together. But then at the same time, as time started going through the other side of it, where we got in the mentality that, okay, we just got to keep our head down now. And just keep doing your thing. Just stay open, show up every day. If somebody else wants to close, then they're closing. So it just became a very tunnel vision. Like, let's just get through this year. Let's get a year behind our belt and just keep going. So, but I think due to the outside circumstances that every restaurant owner has had to deal with, you have to think in both scenarios so yeah no absolutely especially last year opening a restaurant fork 40 was just getting ready to open as things closed down i know that you know brock and charles had worked really hard to create this culture where there's this excitement there's going to be this like big party to like celebrate then um and then COVID happens things close down and you had already leased the space at that point is that correct yeah so we sold the food trailer um end of the year 2019 so original plan was once construction was done, we'd start getting in there probably early February, but then March, then April, then May. And I believe King was the first one that got um, started doing takeout only. That's all we could do. And we just went for it uh, doing takeout. But then I actually on my little note, I have the little timeline where we started out doing takeout and then the fires and then shutting down. And mm -hmm. then so it felt like the first couple of months we were able to have people there, uh, which was great. But then everything started closing down yeah. again. So it was very just like <sighs> crap. Yeah. Like all that work. And it felt like somebody just hit you in the gut consistently. Um, but you I always told Joe, we have to keep showing up mm -hmm. every day. Every day we have to show up. If it if we get half the sales that we got yesterday, we still showed up. And I for us being consistent and staying consistently open is what has helped us in the long run too. So where where would you say you are on a, a trajectory? Like are, you, are you guys figuring it out? You're getting more comfortable right now. I feel like we have a lot of momentum right now. We I I personally feel it. I feel it in around the people that we've been talking to too with other restaurants, um, with other people that um have been open or are starting to open. I feel like there's a drive there with people. Maybe it's a frustration, maybe it's a okay, we're ready to move forward kind of mentality, but I feel like we're kind of all being driven by it. So us with Chubby we're kind of using it. We're doing this Sunday brunch. We're opening up seven days a week. We're bringing on delivery with Snap Delivery. Uh, we're starting to do a little more networking, a little more involved in the community. So we're just, yeah, that's the feeling that I get from this year. So we're hoping it kind of carries us through. Okay. Yeah. So say this next year, you guys just kill it. And I have no, I have no I just, I, you guys Fingers definitely crossed. will. You guys will. Food's too good. 
people are too good. People are too good. You got you guys are you guys are gonna kill it. Chamber well, members now, so like <laughs> it's been really cool. It's been a really cool experience for us, for Joe too, and we're actually being able to take time to do it. Last year, couldn't even yeah, think about it. Yeah. But now like we have a little flexibility. Uh we feel like even hiring, I feel like we got a little bit of a miracle happening. We have got a couple of people signing up, doing interviews, mm-hmm. second interviews. We're growing our team. We're talking catering stuff too. Like that's we're awesome. just yeah. So that's my that's kind of where my question was. What what does what does success look like in a year from now? Like if you can say best case scenario, that's realistic. Um, in one year from now, where do you guys want to be at? And if you're at this place, you're like we killed it. Like sure. what's that next big step? Next big step for Chubby is we want to bring the food trailer back, but better. We want to have another location out there. We want to make it mobile. We want to serve our food to our community. And I feel like this year we're going to be able to do that. We get a lot of curious new people coming into our menu. It's a cool menu. Mm -hmm. There's bows yeah bows those are the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life yeah at first i thought they were mozzarella cheese but they're just fluffy delicious i mean i can eat it just by itself sandwiches yeah they're great they're incredible so it's i feel like we have a good item and we just want to get it to more people what's insane too about your guys's product is it's always it's so consistent it's so hard, to, especially for newer restaurants, sure. to find that consistency every single time where you go in and you taste it for, you know, for the first time and you have that like release of endorphins when it's in cor- yeah. and more yeah, dopamine. You're like, this is so good. <laughs> and every time you go back, I said this about the, you know, the burger at Noble Wave. It's the same stuff with your guys's food. Like it's always so consistent, always yeah. so good. And that's so hard, especially with, you know, the supply chain issues in 2020, just in 2021 being such a challenge, especially in the restaurant industry. Yeah. You guys just continue to kill it. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's impressive. You, guys, you guys are doing it. such a good job. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of work goes behind it. Yeah. A lot of it does. Yeah. So. So you have the shutdowns because of COVID. Mm-hmm. You have the fires, more shutdowns. And then to add another layer of complexity, you have the cease and desist. Yeah. From our good friends at Panda Express. <laughs> yes. So talk what is that what is the emotion? You see this email coming through where this ginormous mega company is like, hey, guess what? You actually can't have your name anymore because it's actually not yours, it's ours. It was like somebody just erected to my home and just like went through stuff or like just messed up everything that we had going on. I but we just had to keep going. That we've always just had the mentality like we have to keep showing up. Um, but can you repeat the question? I kind of yeah, got just lost what, what there. How did it feel? You're answering. <laughs> what was that? What was that moment where you you saw the email? Then maybe tell the story of. Well, I was telling you the email came. We were at our honeymoon. We uh, were in Mexico at the time, and I read the email. And at first, I saw like what it meant, but it. I was like, really, really? Did that just happen? And I, t- I didn't want to tell Joe because I'm thinking, no, we're at our honeymoon, but I had to tell him. So he reads it. That's incredible getting this email <laughs> while you're at your honey on your honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We were so nervous to take two weeks off to get married and go on our honeymoon. But we made it work. We made it work. And it was a great two weeks. Good. So, yeah. Um, so we get the email. We start thinking about it. 
we immediately knew that we were not going to push back. We were just going to find the best way to get ourselves out of that situation and just keep going. So we made, had a couple ideas. We started thinking, okay, crap, we just ordered shirts. Great. We got to cancel that. So it's everything just kind of became hyperspeed and we found the most reasonable way to do it. We took out what they wanted to, what they wanted to take out and we adjusted the name. We made a cool logo and that was pretty much it. So what was what's the communication like? Because it sounds like they had a representative mm-hmm. who was almost like staying in touch or like following your journey. In a way, it felt like they were tracking what we were doing or yeah. just making sure that we were taking care of what we said we were taking care of. Um, it, it was originally through, um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Fiverr. Um, that's what yeah. we did our trademark through. And uh, once we, so he's the oh, so one that hired was, somebody on Fiverr to do your trademark. We did. Okay. So originally with Chubby Panda was as soon as we had the logo our name, that was the first thing that happened. And it took a long time um, because we probably two years later is when we got approved. And then a month after that is when we got the letter. So lawyer reached out to us um, and let us know, hey, this letter has come in. Here are your options. And after that, there was email communication through shareholders of the company. And basically, it was just making sure that logos, names were changed, um, pictures had to be removed. Anything that we had control of removing, it had to be removed within a certain period of time. Uh, we had to show them our new logo as well, kind of like an approval or to make sure that we were following through. Uh, so it felt like crap, but yeah. Yeah. It was part of you like somebody knows about us. Like, was there a part <laughs> that's kind of like exciting a little bit or? I it, it was a little exciting because you don't typically get emails like that from a big company. In my opinion, I thought, look, we're not doing anything bad towards that name. If anything, we're making it better. So you guys, it just felt like they were jealous. <laughs> it just felt like they yeah. were jealous. I kind of see, I, I mean, I definitely see both sides of it. Because yeah. if somebody makes a podcast called Salem Emerging Managers Podcast, I'm be like, dude, what, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. But at the same time, like, I think that um, starting something new, you don't expect somebody at that level to like take notice and care. Sure. Right. So, but yeah, that's, that's incredible for you. Like, I'm just so empathetic of you're dealing with all of this. <laughs> you finally like, all right, we can break away for a little bit. And then sure. boom, you get this, this email of, yeah, right, change your name. The constant punch in the gut, but we keep showing up. You keep showing up, yeah. showing out. Absolutely. What's, uh, what has you most excited right now about the, the Salem community? I love going to these new events, uh, especially that you guys have been inviting us to. Um, the whole emerging leaders, uh, for me personally, was something that I've never gone to before or experienced. Joe is very, he's the guy that's in the morning listening to like motivational speakers and like podcasts, and he's just all into it. So it's very easier for him to do. And it's been very uplifting to hear. I feel like when you surround yourself with people that are constantly motivating you, it's been giving me a boost. Mm -hmm. It it makes me feel more comfortable in myself to ask the questions and to come in and do podcasts with you guys. You know, I never in my life thought that, you know, stuff like that. So I think it's 
a good thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to meet more people from the community. I've met so many people in the past month than in the four years that we've been here no, in awesome. Oregon. So it's been pretty cool. That's yeah. Awesome. That is exactly what Zach and I are trying to do. So I'm just like overjoyed right yeah. now. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's working. Yeah, it's working. Chills. It it's does. Like, it does make, work. Making a difference. Yeah. Trying to. Because we're uh, like behind the scenes in this office. Like, like what do we want to do? Like, we want to bring great people together. We want to highlight the bright spots in the community. Because um, I, I, I mean, I've seen in my life that the things that get recognized get repeated. And currently people do good things. It gets ignored. And then they make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're in the headlines. Right? Sure. And we want we want to change that, right? We want to make sure that we are recognizing people that are working hard, making incredible things happen in the community, whether it's in the food industry, nonprofit work, like whatever it is, right? Um, we we want to make sure they're highlighted, and so I'm that's incredible to hear. And the summit you were at the summit, oh yeah, both of you were. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Bonnie, special place in my heart now. She's great. Yeah, She's Bonnie's incredible. incredible. She flew on her own dime from Arizona to be part of this because she believes in this mission so much and i spoke to her a little bit after and i was i gave her a card and in one of the times where we were like switching rooms or something i saw her again later and she said i'm so excited i'm a foodie i can't wait to try your food (laughs) like she's a sweetheart but it was it was really nice to hear the philanthropy side of it too uh with mr white and i don't remember the cheney star yes yeah that was really cool to hear too. Yeah. Uh, it's one thing that Joe and I have been exploring too, because it's always been about giving back. And like, we want to find ourselves giving back to the community that we're feeding half the time, you know? So it's nice to hear different perspectives of what that looks like to different people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, Jake and I really talked about was I, trying to define what like an emerging leader is or what is like a leader and, and whatnot and like i you know i said in that uh, before before piece um during the uh, philanthropy room was there's this vacuum that's going to need to be filled like mm-hmm. within the next five years of individuals business leaders people in the community that are investing back into the community and, and helping create this like strong economic foundation and ecosystem you know and it's kind of that needs to be created. And so that's one kind of things motivate, motivating us. And then when you hear individuals like yourself and you, you know, you have that experience there and you find that fulfillment and enjoyment and excitement, like that just makes us, it makes you want to do more stuff now. I, I don't know about you, Jacob, but now I'm just like, let's get another event, like going tomorrow. I'm telling now. you, it's yeah. that momentum. I feel the momentum and I felt the momentum in that room. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Being in that room and just like watching the conversations that were happening in the short breaks that we had, mm-hmm. I wish that we w- we had more time to just let people be and meet each other and talk because it was a pretty short window. It was, uh, well, well, Valley Vineyards did an incredible job hosting it. And we were just, we tried, we got a lot of content in there and it was great, but I wish we would have figured out how do we give people a little more time. So we'll definitely be, uh, be thinking through that for future events because that's where the magic is going to happen. Just getting people in the room and like, you know, everybody will figure it out when they're together because everybody in that room wanted to get better. Everybody was humble. Everybody was excited to meet somebody new. And yeah. it was it was vibrant for sure. And I love hearing that everybody had a different takeaway too. Yeah. Like almost everybody I talked yeah. to, there's a different speaker that they'll identify yeah. as like, this oh. was the one for me that I felt was really most impactful. And in the mentor room, we had this one moment. I'm not sure if you were in the group or not, but the, the guy, Jim, serving wine at the end of it was like, can I say something? 
and everybody's like turns and looks to this like old man with like you just knew something awesome was going to come out of it and he's like you know i'm hearing a lot but i'm not hearing a lot about optimism and no critic has ever done anything great and like he just like dropped this drop the mic moment and i'm not saying it like he oh, said wow. it so i wish i had it on tape because the way he That's said awesome. it like, the whole room just like had chills but just like completely unannounced, just like felt called to like share this message. It was it was pretty special. I love that that gym guy's so awesome. Awesome, yeah. The staff there is amazing. Yeah, yeah they, they were great. It. And they the Jim Sparkman came through and oh sponsored the lunch. Just offered guy. it. Just like, hey, I want to be part of this. Like, how, how can I sponsor this? And I'm like, well, we love some help with lunch. You know, we're trying to create some uh, income and have some a budget so we can do great things in for emerging leaders in our city so for him to come through like that and you have a pretty good you have an incredible relationship yeah with jim, jim, I, jim to me is one of my closest mentors uh i absolutely i love love that guy um and i i feel like i i fangirl him every time i bring one of my <laughs> friends around him and i'm like trying to make my friends understand like how awesome this guy is and like all the things he's been through in life and so I felt like I did that again when I, you know, raised my hand. I was like, look, you know, he said he was an E9 to, you know, for everyone, just to give you some context, sure. like that's like the, one of the hardest things to become as an enlisted guy. And his like life upbringing was super, super challenging, like super challenging. Um, he's just such an incredible dude. I, I loved him to death. And I think the, uh, the value of having these sort of sessions and letting people share their stories is that from the outside looking in, you can sometimes just assume it's a mistake to do this, but you can assume that this person's successful. They were just born into success. Oh yeah. But you don't realize like people went through some stuff in their life, mm -hmm. like in lots of different levels and capacities. And I think when we get vulnerable and we get okay sharing those stories, that's where you really have connections and you start like seeing yourself and other people and realizing like if they can do it, I can do it too. And the more people in our city we have looking that way, we're going to be, be able to do some great things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, Sarah, now it's time for the hot seat. Oh, man. This is a game we made up on the spot two episodes ago, but we, we kind of like it. Do you have a box? I left it. I don't even know why no, I brought it home. Box? I don't even know why, why I brought it home. There's a box of oh, questions that no. we have. And so last time we just like kind of um, picked one. But that I, was fun. I, I, I like that. I oh, like the man. box too. I don't know why I brought it home even. I saw it on my counter on the way to work. I don't forget that. And I was even asking myself, like, why did I even bring this home? I don't need it here. And then I forgot to bring it back. So, but here's how, how it works. All three of us will come up with one question mm -hmm. and then we'll all take turns answering the question. So you answer your own question as well. Okay. Any question? That's a very broad. Yeah. <laughs> and it, we'll, we'll let you go last. So you have time to, uh, to think about it. Okay. And um, I'll, I'll go first. I'll okay. get started. So my question, I'm just kind of making this up on the spot. If you could think of one fictional character that you like to have as a friend, who would it be and why? Mm, a fictional character. From a book, a TV show, a movie. I feel like if you work in the restaurant industry, you don't even have time to watch TV. Yeah, so you don't. <laughs> so just like, I, TV, <laughs> like what growing is up, that? Though, you, know, you, got, you have someone that's yeah. like nostalgic, right? You gotta yeah. well, I do actually binge watch a lot of stuff. Okay. Oh, man. Does it have to be inspirational? Could it just be, be like whatever? Fun? Somebody, yeah, yeah, somebody you'd, you'd hang out with. Yeah, I would love to hang out with. Okay, so <laughs> yes, Grace Anatomy fan, but I only know her character name actually. 
I don't know her. I know she's an actress, but I would love to hang out with Annalise Keating. <laughs> we just got a new member, by the way. Oh, Chloe congratulations. That's what that is. Live on the podcast. Heard it here first. Awesome. World's number one podcast. <laughs> so tell me about the character. I, I'm not. A, uh, my wife watches the show. By um, she was. Maybe that's not the right person. I should say. No, that's good. Go with it. That's a good answer. Yeah. Well, she was just a very badass person she got things done some of them were not legal but most of them were and she was very protective of people oh it's uh is that uh uh patrick dempsey's ex-wife yes the redhead no i think we're talking about a different show (laughs) you i think it's a Grey's anatomy (laughs) No, I went with another show. Oh, oh, that. That's okay. why I heard too, though. I don't, I'm confused. Okay. That's all right. Though. All right, never mind. Never How about mind. you, Zach? What would be your your fictional character? That's you a lame choice, with? by the way. I may change it later. That's fine. You think about it. It's okay, not going okay. on your tombstone. You're good. Um, fictional character for me. Um, God, that's that's a good question. Yeah. Man. See, on the um, spot. I'm not a big superhero fan. Like, I don't watch okay. a lot of superhero movies. But Iron Man is just. He's so cool. And I love Robert Downey Jr. Um, maybe him or uh, uh, the dude from Great Gatsby. That's good. That's good. I mean, he's just, he's a cool dude. I like it. Remember I'm going uh, Roger Sterling from Mad Men. Okay. That's oh, wow. Oh, that's Classy. That's, I like that. Yeah. I like okay. that. Drink a couple old fashions together. Like oh, yeah. Hear him talk about, talk about advertising. Hopefully, Don Draper will stop by. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm totally changing mine now. <laughs> I'm yeah. changing mine, too, yeah. because I'm thinking Keanu Reeves now. I okay. feel like we would just which, have- Which Keanu Reeves? <sighs> just non-actor it, Keanu Reeves. Any of them. Okay. The role. The role. Yeah. I okay. feel like we would have a great conversation together. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm probably going with- uh, Ari Gold from Entourage. Nah. <laughs> he's Let's my favorite. Go. He's like my favorite character. Yeah. He's in like wild. anything. He's so funny. <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right. Your question. Do you have one, Zach? Yeah, I do. Okay. Okay. Oh, Usually man. this is a question. You have to pick three people. But for the sake of time, it's only going to be two. But you talk to two people that are dead. And it can't be family members. It's to be somebody famous. Mm. You get a, you get to talk to, to each of them for an hour each. Who are you talking to and what are you talking about? Oh. Yeah, Man, that's a good one. I don't think it's going to be a specific person, but I would love to talk to any um, veteran that has gone through um, not any specific war, but I think uh, people that have been, they have the most beautiful stories sometimes with mm. they like a lot of knowledge of the world they got or people that have lived to be over a hundred years yeah, old yeah. that have lived an immense amount of time with so much change have th- the most interesting stories to me that's a good that's a good point i love it jerry frank would be an interesting person for you to talk to you oh, okay we need to get him on the podcast yeah probably not <laughs> probably not probably not so now, now should we give her time to think of the other next person you want to do that? go for it no you go just jacob's turn now i'm gonna do uh mandela and gandhi those you would be the two I'd pick. I'd talk to the both of them about conflict resolution and the power of forgiveness. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's deep. That's where I'd go with it. I like it. that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So I'm torn between, I mean, I usually ask the other three people, but number one for me is always JFK. So I have like the biggest fascination. I've read every book on the dude. Um, and I would talk to him just about uh, like how he led. Like he was so charismatic, granted not the best human being in the world, but in terms of like 
getting stuff done. Um, and I'm actually listening to a book right now on FDR. And I might throw him in the loop because he's like one of the most like politically savvy people ever. Uh, but I think if I had to pick one more because I'm going to give myself three is uh, <laughs> MLK. Okay. And I want to talk to him about today's issues, like political issues. And I want to know what his insight would be on like, how do you bring people together together to like address this stuff? Because, I mean, he, he did it at a time that was thousand times you know worse than it i shouldn't say a thousand times worse but significantly worse with a lot more you know a lot more obstacles and he and he's still you know there's a day named after him now sure he's an incredible incredible guy i like it who's your last one man can i get like five more minutes (laughs) yeah ask your question (laughs) yeah we can we'll skip we'll go to your question well if we're talking about food guys i have to ask what is your favorite home-cooked meal oh now, you don't have to cook it. Somebody could cook it for you. But if you could have your favorite home-cooked meal, what would it be? So, I don't know if we're all going to go nostalgia here or not. <laughs> but, like, growing up, I ate a lot of beans and tortillas. That was, like, my meal. That's the way to go. My aunt, like, my, my grandma had a recipe that my mom and my aunt, my mom passed away when I was very young. But um, my aunt would make it and we'd go to track meets. And so we'd have these like cold beans and tortillas that were just, that's just what we ate like every weekend pretty much. Sure. And yeah, it's just it's a lot of good memories are oh, attached yeah. to that food. Definitely. Yeah. Um, probably going to go probably just with like a big old ribeye steak mm. with uh, oh yeah some Yukon gold, like big oh, and, yeah. Yeah, potatoes and... <laughs> Some kind of veggies and a glass of wine. I like that. Or the That's entire bottle. That's pretty good. You know. Oh, the that entire sounds pretty bottle. tasty. The, entire bottle. the bottle's made of glass, right? Yeah. 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 I like it. How about you, oh. Sarah? I'm going to go nostalgic too. I I mean, I loved all of my mom's home-cooked meals. All of them. But I always had... Just in case mom is listening. <laughs> I want to make sure this Hi, is mom. clear. Hi, mom. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with having a carne asada on a weekend and my dad cooking um my mom probably making everything else (laughs) um and like the guacamole the um he used to make like these little onions um like grilled onions and you just put them like in with the foil paper and he used to put something in there i think it was mustard for some reason interesting grill it up and they're just juicy you squeeze lime on top of it oh that sounds oh, so good so i'm tasty. going with that too actually that sounds so good you got me so that's what i would go with and you're just having a good time you're like drinking listening to music and just cooking kind of environment so incredible always a good time yeah I love it. Yeah. This was a lot of fun, Sarah. We are so big on this podcast and making sure people in our community understand how appreciated and valued they are. And what you and your husband are doing is absolutely phenomenal. You're making the dream happen. I know it's not been easy at all, but we appreciate your resilience and your passion for for giving back to the community. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and being an awesome member of Salem. And And making such incredible food. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here. And breakfast coming soon. Oh, I can't wait. Sunday brunch. I won't give you the date yet. All right. No. But you're here, here first. You're, you're going to give us an update so we can, t- we can tell the world. Sign into the newsletter. Yeah. Well, we should get it in the newsletter. Okay. We are Inside going to. Scoop. I'm just putting this out there. If you are subscribed to the newsletter, Zach and I, or just I, because I'm not waiting Zach, we're going to buy like five people breakfast. Down. All right. 
Yeah. Sunday brunch. I love it. Sunday brunch is coming. Sign up to the newsletter. We'll leave a link in the show notes for you, Sarah. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. You just got done listening to the Salem Emerging Leader podcast, and we appreciate it. If you look in the show notes, you will find a link. If you click on that link, you'll be able to subscribe to the Salem Emerging Leader newsletter. We want you to be in touch with all the incredible things that are happening in this city because of people like you. We appreciate you. I hope you have a good day.